But this story I want to share with you and talk through this, this, this service and going in and out of worship, this story was a story that I read and, and, and it was so interesting to me because the thing is that every single time that I would read it and be like, I don't know, should I share about this? Should I not share about it? Every single time God brought me back to this story with Jesus. I was praying and, and, I was, and I was just researching through the word and I was wondering, God, what would you have me share on this next gen? And it led me to this story where Jesus actually is talking about how he feels about the next generation. I want you to know something, church. Jesus loved the next generation. Jesus believed in the next generation. Jesus invested in the next generation. If you didn't know, Jesus in his ministry, his disciples, the people that he surrounded himself with, the average age of his disciples, because some of us might think, oh, they're older, you know, they're these wise men. The average age for Jesus' disciples was 17 years old, it, ranging, ranging from 12 to 28. So Jesus, the men that he chose to surround himself with the next generation, he believed in the next generation, he loved them. And the story I wanna share with you comes from his words of what he thinks of the next generation. And so I wanna read from Matthew chapter 19, verse 13, and it'll be on the screen if you wanna follow, and you can take notes, I encourage you to take notes in our next gen, we take notes, we're note takers. But if you're ready for God's word, if you're ready for this unique service, or if you're ready for God to move in your life, turn to your neighbor and say, let's go. Matthew chapter 19, verse 13 through 15, Jesus' words here. I listen and pay attention to the red letters. Jesus' words. It says this, Then people brought children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples rebuked them. And watch what Jesus says. Jesus said, Let the children come to me. And do not hinder them. We need to underline that. For the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. When he had placed his hands on them, he went on from there. See, in this story, we find that Jesus is doing ministry, and while he's doing ministry, parents and adults start to bring their kids to Jesus. And the disciples are like, oh, hold on, you know, this is... This is Jesus, this is our rabbi, okay? You don't bring your kids, don't distract him, all right? And if you didn't know, kids back in the day were seen as the least of these. So the disciples were like, no, no, don't waste his time. But Jesus' words, and this is where I wanna start, Jesus starts by saying something so important. He says, no, 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 let them come to me. Let the kids, let the youth, let the next generation come to me. I'm available to them. I'm available to the least of these. I'm accessible for them to come to me. And that brings me to my first question. And this question I'm gonna direct to the next generation. I'm gonna direct to the youth and to the young adults. The first question I have in this unique service is this. Young person. Do you believe that Jesus is available and accessible for you today? Do you believe that Jesus is available for you? Do you believe that he cares about you, that he wants you? 
Because I understand your next generation. I understand what you go through. I understand what people are trying to teach you and talk to you. And some of you think that there's no way God would love me. There's no, this God is so far away. God is so, he can't be reached. He, he, he's not a God that cares about what I'm going through. He's not a, he's maybe a God for my parents, but not for me, not for the next generation. And what ends up happening is we get in this mindset, we put barriers up in our mind that keep us from accepting him. I want you to understand, young person, Jesus is available for you. He's accessible. But some of us, we get in our head, and we think, no, no, that can't be true. No, 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 I don't think that's, I, there's no way. And the first thing that ends up happening, if you're taking notes, youth and young person, if you're taking notes, the first thing I believe that gets in our way from believing that he's available for us is our sin struggles. The sins that we deal with, the struggles that we have, we think there's no way because of what I've done, the issues I go through and the problems I have, there's no way that God would love me, there's no way that God would be available for me. Jesus doesn't want me because of the sins that I have in my life. You don't understand what I've done, Taylor. You don't know what I did last night. You don't get it. I just, I just feel like I'm not worthy. My sin issue and what ends up happening, listen to me, what ends up happening is that we think our sins are what disqualify us from access to Jesus. When on the contrary, our sins are an indicator of needing a savior. Did you hear that? That shame, that issue, that struggle should show you and reveal to you, you can't do it on your own, young person. You need help in your hurt, in your pain. Listen to me. Jesus is there for you. You don't have to keep going through that sin. You don't have to keep making that mistake and feeling like you're all by yourself. He's available for you. He's accessible for you today. Don't let the sins, don't let you get in your head. The second thing, if you're taking notes, what keeps us from thinking that he's available or accessible is this, religion. Well, you just don't get it. I'm not religious enough. Jesus wouldn't accept me. I just, I, I don't know a lot about the Bible. I, I, I just feel like, you know, I, I need to be like pastor. I need to be like the deacons or the elders. I'm not like my parents, Pastor Taylor. I, I, you know, I just don't feel like I, I'm qualified to be even in this room. See, we let religion make us think that we don't have access to Jesus. We think we have to know it all. We think we have to have it all together. But I want you to know, you don't have to know it all. All you need to know is Jesus cares about you. And Jesus, follow me. Jesus, it's so interesting. If you look in scripture, Jesus had a harder time dealing with people that thought they knew it all than those that thought they needed him. And I think it's because Jesus has an easier time molding a Gentile's heart than he does a Pharisee's heart. Because knowledge and arrogance can sometimes get in the way of experiencing him. Don't
don't allow religion to get in your head thinking you gotta have it all together. All you need to be is willing. God, I'm here, I'm starting, I'm, I'm starting this, this new thing out. I don't know where to start, I don't know what to do, I don't know where to begin, but I'm just, I wanna start with you, God, just help me. That's all you gotta do. The last thing, barrier that gets in our head, young person. This is a unique one, and that is time. Time. Well, you know, I, I, because I'm young, because I'm in high school, and because I'm going to college, you know, I kind of want to have some fun. I want to, you know, date who I want to date. I want to kind of do what I want to do. You know, I, you know, when I get older, when I when I'm grown and I, and I have kids, then I'll take this Jesus thing seriously. You know, I just don't think he's for me right now. I just, I, I just kind of want to. I want to explore, but you need to hear me out, young person. Listen to me. There's a reason why Jesus said these verses. There's a reason why he was trying to get your attention young. And that is this, is that if Jesus could get your attention and get you to follow him when you were young, then he could keep you from future pain and hurt. Young person, listen. I can guarantee if you ask some adults in here, some parents, some grandparents that live with that mindset where, you know, when I get older, I'll do it. I can guarantee you almost every single one will say, you know what, I, I shouldn't have lived that way. I should have got right when I was younger. I should have chose to follow him with everything that I had when I was younger. Don't let time get in the way of accepting and receiving the love that he has for you, the purpose he has for you, the plan he has for you, young person. You can accept him right here, right now. The Bible says this. In Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28, it says this. And then Jesus said, come to me. Young person, come to me. Youth, come to me. Young adult, hey, I'm here for you. You can come to me. All who are weary and have heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Young person, I know you're looking for rest. I know it's not easy. I, I'm with you every single week. I understand what you go through and it's hard, but I'm telling you, Jesus is available. He's accessible right here, right now. Will you choose to accept him? Will you choose to ask him into your life? The story continues on. Disciples, hey, hey, no, 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 don't, don't bother Jesus. And Jesus is like, no, no, let them come to me. I'm available, accessible. I, I, I want them. And his next words, his next words, I, I just, I couldn't get past. Every time I would read it, it would bring me to tears. Every time I would read it, something in me would go, I need to be better. Jesus' words were, do not hinder them. And do not hinder them from coming to me. And do not hinder them from having access to me. And it brings me to the next question I want to ask today. And I want to talk to the parents 
the grandparents and the adults now. Oh, you thought you were going to get out without something. Oh, it's the next change. You can hear that, son? Hey, no, no, no. Got something for you too. The question I have for you, sir, ma'am, grandparent, is this. Are we hindering the next generation from experiencing Jesus? Are we hindering the next generation from having encounters with Jesus, with knowing who Jesus is? Are we the reason? Is it because of our actions? Is it because of what we allow them to do that's causing them to be hindered from Jesus? The definition of hinder, if you're taking notes, is this. It's to impede. Are we impeding on the next generation? To withhold. Are we withholding the next generation from getting close to Jesus? To keep from, to prevent, to stand in God's way. Are we as parents standing in the way of God getting to our kids? These questions, such bold Statements, such a hard question to comprehend and to think about. We cannot get in the way of our kids. We cannot get in the way of the next generation grandparents from experiencing who Jesus is. Even young adults, we can't be the one getting in the way of the youth experiencing who Jesus is. We have to evaluate. We have to think. We have to process. Is there anything that I'm doing? Is there anything that I'm not doing? Is there something that I'm, an action that's pulling my kids away? Could it be, talk to some of the parents and the grandparents right now. Could it be the lack of spiritual formation in our house that's hindering the next generation? What was the last time you prayed with your kid? What was the last time you did a Bible study? When was the last time instead of doing a movie night, you did a worship night at your home? When was the last time instead of doing a game night, you did a prayer night in your home? I have nothing wrong with that, but there needs to be spiritual development. Your kids are hungry for it. Your grandkids are hungry for it. They want you to teach them. It can't just be my job. It can't just be the leader's job. It has to be the spiritual formation happening in the house. Or could it be, parent, grandparent, could it be your drive? Could it be your hunger for success? Your hunger to be at your job and to move forward in your career? Sir, I promise you, your kids' spiritual development and you being around your kids is way more important than that job. Ma'am, I understand you have passions. I understand you want to go further. But we cannot jeopardize our kids because we're staying late at work. We're not coming home. They need us to be around. They need us to be with them. When I would talk to influencers and I would have opportunities to ask questions to great pastors and great leaders, I would ask a question. And 90% of them, I'm not lying, 90% of the people that I would ask this to, 
I would ask the question, what is one of your biggest regrets that you have in your life? 90% of them, I promise, would say, I wish I spent more time with my family and my kids. I wish I would have put them first instead of the job. Could it be the activities that we allow our kids to participate in? I don't wanna stay on this one because I know it's a hot topic, it's a hot button, but I just wanna talk about it for a little bit, being a youth pastor and, and talking and dealing with parents, but I'm telling you, listen, listen, please. If your kids have put their sport, marching band, their activities ahead of God, there's an issue. When you, when your kids are allowed to miss service and Sunday and spiritual development for three to four months a year, something has to change. I have nothing against sports. I played sports. My parents helped me maneuver how I can still be involved in sports. But I'm telling you, we cannot allow. We are the gatekeepers, the parents, the grandparents. We are the ones that allow these things to happen. And so we need to teach our kids, hey, this sport's great, but I'm telling you, your relationship with Jesus is gonna take you a lot further than that, sp that sport. <laughs> or could it be our own actions as parents and grandparents? Hear my heart, I understand parenting is not easy. I work with parents all the time. I understand it's hard, but listen, we need to make sure our actions, what we're doing is not diverting our kids away from Jesus. When was the last time that they walked in on you doing a devotion? When was the last time they look at, looked up at you grandparent and saw how you worshiped? When was the last time they walked in and saw that you were praying and that you were on your knees calling out to God? When was the last time they saw you give and how it's important for you to give? If you wanna be a witness, if you don't wanna hinder your kids, I'm telling you, your actions mean so much. They're watching you. They're watching you. Maybe you're in here and you're, you're not a parent. You're not a grandparent. Don't worry, I got something for you too. This even can go to some of the young adults. Some of you are like, okay, how, you know, next gen, it's not just, it's not really for me. That's, you know, that's a youth pastor's job. That's, you know, it's just not, but I'm telling you, these words where Jesus says, do not hinder them. Do not hinder them. It applies to adults and even young adults in here. You need to listen to this. Could it be your absence that is causing them to be hindered in their faith? What do I mean by that? Listen, I didn't grow up in church. I love my parents so much. I have incredible parents. They're watching right now. I love you. I have incredible parents. And they would even say this, but they didn't have a huge role in developing my spiritual walk. I had three people, three people that helped me develop my spiritual journey. And the only reason I'm here today is because of them helping me grow my faith. It was John Steinbrecher, my youth leader, and small group leader. It was Jeremy Oakland, my youth pastor that spent time with me. And then it was Jeff Grinnell when I went to college and when I was a young adult that invested in me and helped me grow and develop. 
Listen, it was because of their presence in my life that I was able to grow spiritually deep in my faith. Did you hear me? Their presence, them pulling me aside. The Bible says there are many teachers, but very few fathers. Where are the spiritual mothers? Where are the spiritual fathers? When was the last time you spent time with a young person, invested in them? When was the last time you got coffee and just said, hey, how can I help you? When was the last time you pulled them to the side and said, hey, I want to mentor you? Some of you are like, well, I just, I'm so busy. I have so much going on. You know, if, if they really want to learn, if they want to get to the next level, and if they want to really grow, then they can come to me. But I want to just put to rest that statement because this is something that I've had to teach and implement in young people and even also parents and, and adults. But I think that thinking is not really the proper way to think in regards to next generation. What I mean by that, follow me. Jesus... How did he get his disciples? Jesus, was he just walking around and hanging out and, and then all of a sudden Peter saw him and he's like, oh man, this dude's awesome and he has so much for me to you know, get and so much to offer. So I'm gonna go up to him and I'm gonna talk to him and I'm gonna be like, hey Jesus, you know, I would love to spend some time with you. You think once a month for 30 minutes I could get coffee with you? No, no, no. What did Jesus do? He saw the people he wanted to invest in. He approached them and said, hey, come follow me. Hey, I wanna invest in you. I wanna help you. Hey, put the fishing rod down. I wanna invest you. I wanna help you. I wanna, you get, I wanna get you to the next level. It was him that was initiating that relationship. It was him that wanted to invest in mentor. I'm telling you, these young people, whether they know it or not, they need help. I needed help, and thank goodness I had amazing men that invested in my life. We need to invest in them. Can't be the reason. The last thing, and I want to just talk to the church. This one is a unique one. In regards to this hindering, could it be and if you think about it, who were the ones that were trying to keep the kids from Jesus? It was the followers. It was the disciples. It was the Christians. So could it be that the church, that the church might be hindering the next generation? It's something we really need to think about. It's a bold statement. And I want you to understand, when I say that, I mean the big church. What I mean is Christians, churches around the country, are we allowing young people to be a part of our service? Are we allowing young people to come in as they are so they can experience Jesus? I want you to know, this church here, like Pastor Drew said, is an amazing church that loves the next generation, that cares about the next generation, that invests in it. And thank you so much. But the thing is, is that we're not done yet. The church has to be the leading influence of next gen, not the world. The thing is, we can't let our traditions, 
our styles, our preference, get in the way of them experiencing him. Because there's a consequence. Not words, not my words, but there's a consequence that I think many of us, if you don't read your Bible louder, there's many of us that miss this scripture. There's words that Jesus says for those that hinder, that take away from him. And it's found in Matthew chapter 18, verse six, and it says this, but if you cause one of these little ones, if you cause the next generation who trusts in me to fall into sin, to hinder them, it would be better for you to have a large millstone tied around your neck and be drowned in the depths of the sea. Wow. What words from our Savior on the responsibility as young adults, adults and parents and grandparents that we need to take on. We can't hinder them any longer. We can't do it. They need us. They need our help. They need our investment. They need the love. They need us cheering them on. He can't do it by himself. The last part of this story, my favorite part. Are you ready? Come on, are you ready? Some of you are like, man, I'm getting a workout in here. I'm going up, down, up, down. I got a workout in church today. Last part of this story, I love this part. After Jesus says, hey, no, no, let them come to me. And I'll bring them to me. They, they can access me. I'm available. And don't hinder them. Don't, don't take them away from me. He makes these statements. He says this, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. The kingdom of heaven belonged to the youth, belonged to the kids. And I know for some of us, when we read that, we, we kind of wonder, what does that even mean? What the, that's a pretty bold statement. I, I don't really understand that. And I've thought that too. And it was until I really studied this that I got what Jesus was trying to get. I understood. And it can be found, the answer can be found actually in the chapter before this. It's in, found in Matthew 18, 2 through four, and it's so interesting because Jesus at this time is with the disciples and the disciples are arguing. They're, they're, they're trying to compare, they're like, hey, I'm the greatest in the kingdom. No, no, I'm the greatest. No, no, you don't understand, Jesus loves me. I, I, he, you know, I, I do so much for him and I'm the best. And they're arguing and he sees that they're arguing and he has an example that he wants to teach them. What he does is it's in Matthew chapter 18, it says this, Jesus called over a child to him and put the child among them. And then he said, I tell you the truth, unless you turn from your sins and become like little children, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. So anyway, anyone who becomes as humble as this little child is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And when we read that and we see what's happening, I know even reading that we might think, man, what does that truly mean? But let me just maybe help you out with something. Can I, TJ, I want you to come up here. Come on. Come on, make some noise for TJ. Didn't he do a great job doing announcements? Come up here. So I'm just, I'm gonna ask you a couple questions, okay? I just want you to respond to me honestly, okay? 
and don't get yourself in trouble, okay? The first question I have is, who paid for your house? Your parents? Okay, cool. Good answer. Who paid for the groceries that you ate? Maybe this week? Your parents did? Okay. Nice. Who paid for the clothes that you have? Your parents? Mostly. I know that was a little bit of one because you got a job, so you're, you're big time. All right. But your parents mostly paid for it. Okay. Just want to make sure. So who held you when you were a baby and... Your parents did? Okay, just wanna make sure. Okay, and then when you were struggling and you were hurting, who took care of you? Your parents did. Okay, all right, good job, you did great. All right, come on, make some noise for TJ. His parents did, his parents helped him. And see, Jesus, uh, when he did this illustration, he was trying to get a principle across to every single person, the disciples listening, every single person in here even today is when he brought this kid up and he, he started to say, hey, this is, this is who inherits the kingdom. What he was trying to get, because if you think about it, kids, there's one common denominator, youth, there's one common denominator, is that is they are completely and utterly dependent on their parents. They rely completely on their parents to help them move them forward. And so Jesus, what he was trying to get in our head, in the greatest of the, what, what it means to be great in the kingdom, he says is this, is that you must be completely and utterly dependent on God. You must humble yourself and be dependent only on him. And the last question that I have for everyone in here, youth, young adults, parents, grandparents, adults, the last question that I have for you, a question for us to reflect on is this. Are we completely dependent on Jesus? Are we completely? It's a question that we have to think about. It doesn't matter how long you've been on this spiritual journey. It's something we have to think about and process and say, hey, is there any way in my life, anywhere in my life that I have stopped relying on Jesus and depending on him? Have we lost sight of who we depend on? Have we lost sight of the humble mindset of we need him in our life? Have we relied on our friends too much? Have we relied on that job, those finances? Have we relied on that guy or that girl to bring us joy? What are we dependent on? Because listen, if we follow Jesus, we must be completely and utterly dependent on him. We need to be dependent on his provision. We need to be dependent on his grace. We need to be dependent on his wisdom. God, help me with what I need to be going. We need to be dependent on his power. Have you been trying to do your th everything in your power? We must be dependent on his will for our life. God, wherever you want, you, wherever you want me to go, I will go. Who are you dependent on? What are you dependent on? The Bible says in Philippians 4.19, it says, And my God will supply every need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Exodus 14.14, 14, the Lord will fight for you, and you have only to be silent. Jeremiah 33, 3 says, Call to me, and I will answer you, and will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. 
Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Are you depending on that job too much? Are you depending on your strength too much? Are you depending on those friends to give you identity? Are you depending on the finances and working and making a living? Are you depending on people giving you affirmation to think that you're worthy? What are you depending on? We have to evaluate, we have to look, we have to refocus. God, I'm not gonna depend on myself. I'm so glad that I don't have to depend on myself, that I can rely on his strength, I can rely on his provision, I can rely on him helping me because I don't wanna do this by myself. The kingdom of heaven is for those who completely and utterly depend on him might have to humble ourselves again. Grandparent, it might be time to humble ourselves again to say, God, I, I'm just here. It's not about me. It's about you. Young person, I promise you, I know you're trying to act tough. I know you're trying to act like you, could got, you got it all together and that you can work through this thing and that, you know, I don't need nobody. I, I can figure this thing out. But I'm telling you, it's such a hard way to live. and You don't have to live like that any longer. You can depend on him and he can help you and he can give you life and life more. Let's depend on him. Let's make a decision right here, right now.